0: Chief Miller is dedicated to featuring the men and women of the fire service from around the world. Chief Miller has a family of content creators who feature great people doing great things, making the fire service a better place. Make sure to follow along as Chief Miller creates, shares, collaborates, and features the special people who call themselves firefighters. Follow along on Instagram at Chief Miller. Find him on Twitter at Chief underscore Miller underscore. Like him on Facebook at Chief underscore Miller number one. And watch for all the podcasts featured within the Chief Miller media family. Make sure to check out ChiefMillerApparel.com for all your fire service apparel needs. Hey, Canners, it's time for 30 minutes of unadulterated and uncensored shenanigans. Get ready to call HR because you're going to need sensitivity training after this. Gear up because it's going to hurt worse than writ training in July. Welcome to the Can Man Radio Show with your host,
1: Jason Liska. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to another installment of the Kanban man Radio Show, and I'm pretty excited today because if you're hearing this episode, then you know we've wrapped up a, a wonderful series on mental health and wellness, addiction issues, PTSD, uh, various stigmas associated with those. We've spoken to some great people, experts in the field, firefighters, relatable personalities to help us find a way to recovery. Now... There's another side to the recovery aspect and even the long-term health aspect that most people fail to remember, and that is the health and wellness side of things. So here I am today sitting with my new friend who put me through the ringer this morning. And I'll tell you, if you've never seen Fire Sled Fitness before, if you've never been to their website, never seen them at a trade show, never put your hands on the equipment, I'm going to be honest with you, you got one of the best products out there. And that's Rick Seagrass. So welcome to the show, Rick. I'm glad to have you.
1: Thank you, Jason. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be here.
0: Man, it's awesome. And I want to take a second and share with everybody a couple of new sponsors we have for the show before we get into it. And I want to thank my apparel company, my friends, Peter and Nikki of Axe Caps, for stepping up and uh, sponsoring the show. And one of our newest sponsors, my good friend Ian Sargent from Sergeant Firebags, sargentfirebags.com axecaps.com go check them out. You'll be pleasantly surprised with all the awesome equipment they have and apparel out there. So back to the moment. Rick, I think you hurt me today in a good way.
1: Well, that's what we want to do is a good way hurt. I mean, I'll be very,
0: very honest. I am not the pillar of fitness when it comes to what you expect out of a firefighter. I am far from it. And, And it's shaming a little bit. It's shameful. I'm a company officer and I should be leading by example, right? That's priority and here we are today, and, and every time I put my hand on a new piece of fire sled equipment from the Punisher, which was probably one of my favorite, mm-hmm. to the sled, to the ladder mill, I learned something new about myself and how I was able to incorporate my inherent technique and what I've learned in the fire service over 20 plus years and where it was applicable to the equipment you provide. So. First and foremost, we're gonna to get to that next, but I wanna talk about you and your history in the fire service,
1: um, 35 years. Yes, sir, I'm you, proud of it. You hated the thought of retiring. I could not stand the thought of retirement. In fact, uh, the girl almost had to hold my hand and put the pen to the paper when it was time to do it. But really? It was time to do it. Um, when I retired, I was like 61 years old. Okay. Uh, firefighting is a young man's game. Luckily for me, in my last few years, um, I was a safety and wellness chief, mm-hmm. so I got protected from some of the injuries that can put you down. Oh, definitely. For the rest of eternity, so I'm well, very grateful.
0: You know, and, and that's the scary thing. It, it can happen at any age, at any time in your profession, especially in ours. You know, I mean, I've been hurt multiple times doing things that. You know, a lot of it was a failure on my part to understand the technique, overworking myself, and maybe pushing myself for the wrong reasons versus thinking tactically, or tactfully, okay? Or tactically, rather. And that's the big component to the fire sled. I mean, you introduced this concept in a lot of ways to help firefighters use practical knowledge or inherent knowledge to become better in a fitness way, you you brought this equipment into uh, into this world of ours to help them. So, 35 years working in Orange County, great career. You were their health and wellness coordinator. And so, what triggered you at one point or another? What said where did it where did Rick Siegris say you know what I want to do something that's different from the mainstream fitness and and make it beneficial for firefighters.
1: Well, it, it became a necessity because of the physical ability test we were holding uh, for Orange County firefighters. It was brand new. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of my job was to make sure that people that were not successful became successful because we weren't looking to do any harm to the firefighters to take their jobs away from them. It was simply a task-oriented test that could assess you know, their capabilities And if they had deficiencies, it was my job to fix those deficiencies. Mm -hmm. And at the time, the only way I knew to fix those was through my training background because I was from a fitness background. I was a personal trainer and that's why they made me the um, health and wellness um, coordinator. Mm. But then I quickly realized not everybody was enthused as I was about doing traditional exercises. Um, Some of the older lieutenants that were not successful when I came up with a traditional workout Mm But out said, I'm not doing that. I don't do it on the fire scene and I'm not doing it now. You have to make sure that the guys on my unit know that I'm a firefighter and I can pass this test. That's the only reason I want to pass it to prove to my guys that I can be a firefighter. So, wow. I got with uh, uh, a vendor, um, Dave Eaves, who was helping me immensely supply my fire department with equipment, Mm -hmm. told him what I needed. He came out and assessed the situation, said, you're out of luck, pal. Nobody's building stuff for firefighters. And basically, we said nobody till today. So, you know, we met, we came up with a prototype on a napkin. He had it made by a fitness company. And after that, everybody that was unsuccessful that worked with a fire sled became successful. So it was not meant for anybody but our fire department. Mm-hmm. And then other people started asking about it. We went to Fire Rescue East in Jacksonville. I think you were there a long time ago, a long time ago. And yeah. we started selling them. And then uh, with my career, it became a problematic to be selling fitness equipment while I was the, you know, the wellness coordinator. Makes sense. And so I, I put that on the back burner and then right before I retired, I knew that as much as I love firefighters and the fire service, I couldn't stand the thought of being away from it for good. But I didn't want to be one of those guys that went back to the fire department I worked at and visit stations. And you know how that is. I mean, mm-hmm. we love our retirees, but they're retired. We often forget about our retirees. We do. And we shouldn't, but we do. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to be one of those guys that came in to, and you know wanted to drink coffee and talk. But I still want to be around firefighters. I love firefighters. I love fitness. I love family Mm -hmm. i love camaraderie i love teams i love all that stuff so i called my partner and said look i'm getting ready to retire i need i got some other ideas on our equipment how to make it a little sexier and i got some things i want to do and he said perfect timing My, my business is slowing down so i have time to do that so we revamped it and i put the stuff on facebook I don't know anything about Facebook I just posted a little video and he called me up and said we got our first order. That quick huh? That quick.
0: That's awesome and we discussed this earlier we talked about the fact that in a sense firefighter fitness is not a one-size-fits-all kind of concept I mean you have various popular concepts of how things can be done. And I, this, again, it's not gonna be disparaging against any particular form from you know weightlifting to crossfitting to any kind of extensive cardio, triathlon training, Ironman. We have several Ironmen and women inside of our the fire service that are very physically fit. But here's the thing, while all of those serve a value, there's a drawback to each one. And I find that when I put my hands in this equipment today, It's they lack that aspect of realism and realism being I am going to force a door. So I'm going to need to understand the concept of the Punisher. I am going to climb a ladder. So the ladder mill makes a lot of sense on how I need to practice technique and climb. All right. Angle, speed, ascending, descending. And then you put the fire sled aspect into it. I'm dragging hose. I'm dragging people. I'm breaching ceiling. I mean, these are all great concepts. And not trying to say that is the one size fits all, but it sure as hell comes close to that concept.
1: Well, the problem, there's, if you exercise, whatever you like to do, you should keep doing. Mm-hmm. If you like CrossFit, keep CrossFitting. If sure. you like bodybuilding, keep bodybuilding. If you like Olympic lifting, if you like marathon running, if you like swimming, mm-hmm. whatever you like to do, the stronger you are, the harder you are to kill. We know that. Amen. Um, <clears throat> but we have to look at the fire service as a whole and back when i started as a wellness coordinator probably the population of people that worked out was very minor probably 10 percent of my whole organization actually did physical fitness now maybe it's stretched out to 30 percent because most departments have a physical ability test you have to take Mm -hmm. Um, fitness is is around more there's more Options to do things. Absolutely. But still, if you build your program on those 30%, then 70% of them are doing nothing. And you're talking about those that get into the extreme level of
0: fitness in right. a way. Because we we were talking about where you're at. I mean, you're how old now? 64. 64. I mean, you're pretty fit dude for 64, but you've been weightlifting, okay, for quite some time. Uh, you probably incorporate some of the aspects of the fire sled into your fitness regimen. I have no doubt about that. And so... When you do those other aspects where maybe you're heavy cardio, not as much weightlifting, and maybe you're more into the deadlifting or possibly into, I don't know, various other things, kettlebells, which are all very valuable. I'm a kettlebell guy. I love uh, using kettlebells, kettlebells right? Are awesome. They're awesome.
1: But where does that apply to what I need to do every day? That, that is the problem. You know, it is translating what you're doing to what we're doing. Mm hmm. What the citizens need you to do, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can back squat all you want. You can deadlift all you want. It's going to be very helpful on the job, but it's not teaching you how to do the tasks we do on the job. Those are very different things. Advancing charge hose line It's not like a back squat. No. You know, climbing a ladder is not like a deadlift. Nope. Um, pulling a victim out of a building uses same muscles as probably a back squat or a deadlift but it's not anaerobically the same so what you have to do is you have to in my mind and it's been working is mimic the task that we do on the job and it's very it's a lot easier just like this this morning oh god gotcha. you spent a short amount of time looking at the equipment mm-hmm. we explained how it worked tested it out a little bit we let you test each piece out then mm-hmm. we incorporated A scenario, a scenario that your mind, I could see, clicked onto automatically. When I said, this is a scenario of a multi-story building fire, we've got fire and flames on the top floor. Yep. We think we have victims on the third floor. Mm -hmm. You're the first do. Extend the hose line to side A. Yep. Um, Take a ladder to side C. We don't have a team in place, so go outside on the ladder up to the third floor. Check to see if you see anything in the window. Yep your second unit's in now you can go interior the door's locked you have to bust the door down oh now we have to check for fun. didn't that didn't that click to you didn't no, you go it was realistic i have a everybody that trains needs a goal and a purpose yes if you're doing crossfit you want to get a pr mm-hmm. okay that's great you yep. have a goal and a purpose if you're a powerlifter you want to put as much weight as you can and go as heavy as you can. If you're a marathon runner, you want to get that 26 miles in plus. Mm-hmm. So you have a purpose, but really our purpose is quite simply to protect the citizen we get paid to protect. Yeah. And if we can't do that through the other aspects of exercise, we better damn sure find a way to get our firefighters to train. Now, if you train all those things, you've just depleted your whole engine. Of equipment. Mm-hmm. You've taken the ladders off. You've taken the hose mm-hmm. off. Um, you got to get a mannequin. Hand tools. Don't Hand forget tools, about that. all that stuff. Yep. So now you get a call and your response time is increased and your chief comes down and say, our response time is... So <clears throat> that's what we've tried to do. We've tried to take equipment that can replicate all, not all, but most of the common tasks on a fire scene. And allow each person, no matter what their physical... Um, aspects are to work together no matter how big or small you are in our equipment you can scale it down or mm-hmm. you can ramp it up mm-hmm. we can overload you to where if we're working on advancing charge inch and three-quarter we're going to make that charge inch and three quarter actually turn into a three inch or a four inch or a five inch to where when you get inch and three-quarter you think it's a calf unit because you're just pulling the hose like it's easy yeah and, th- and that's what we're trying to do we're just trying to make and we're while we're doing it, we're teaching you form, we're teaching you technique, and we're teaching you how to prevent injuries because one injury can take your wellness program and destroy it. Uh, one injury took me out
0: for almost a month and a half. Exactly. You know, when I was uh, working on survival and we were removing a downed firefighter, uh, just uh, survival and rid aspects. And I tweaked my back. I was on the receiving end lifting uh, up the stairs and I'll tell you what, it, a lot of it came down to not understanding the technique and having all that cumbersome equipment like we wear, the SCBA, the bunker gear, the helmet, the gloves, the whole nine yards. That can get in our way and be a hindrance. But one of the main factors that I think forced me to overcompensate was not recognizing proper technique. And that was something that was drilled in this morning while we were talking was, listen, Anybody can hit a sledgehammer onto a door. Okay. Now, do you know how to do it right? All right. How do you avoid getting hurt? And, you know, there was a period of time where we were injuring firefighters in the fire service through reckless behavior. And, and in some cases, there are still uh, those cultural challenges. And, and you mentioned it yourself. You know, when you were coming up in the fire service, You were hit with a lot of cultural change issues, a lot of resistance, and a lot of perception that I think was falsely charged against you, uh, falsely brought against you in a sense where people thought you were just the guy making it happen. But the sacrifice you made for the firefighters in the field in Orange County to make that happen, to bring in the fitness program, to bring in the change that was needed. Where do you think? when you started this journey, the difficulty level was to where it is today in Orange County.
1: Well, when I started, we had no wellness program. Mm -hmm. We had a fire chief that came from Fairfax and Savannah and was groomed by Pat Morrison, who is, I think the the health and safety, the head guy at the IFF. Sure. So he knew the importance of a wellness program. So he wanted something, but there was nothing. And basically, I was a 20-year field guy that's been out in the field for 20 years. I just got promoted to lieutenant. Yeah, you regret leaving engineer every day, don't you? I loved engineer. I couldn't tell Chief Plogger that because he says, well, I can make you an engineer tomorrow if you don't like being a chief. So I, <laughs> you have to be careful. Yeah. Um, but, yes, being an engineer was probably my favorite job of the whole fire service. I probably had a lot to do with the crew I had because we I'd worked with the same crew for so long, and and you know I just loved those guys, um, and we had a great crew. But... So basically, the fire chief said, I want a wellness program. You're the guy. I talked to the union and talked to my senior managers, and your name came up, so I want you. And I was trying. I'm like, okay, well, you work some overtime out of this. So I said, so what I'll do, chief, is I'll work on shift, and then every day I'm off, I'll come to headquarters, and, and I'll start a wellness program. He goes, no, that's too important. you got to come to days. hmm And everybody out there that's a firefighter knows nobody wants to go to headquarters on days. No. You know, uh, I liked my shift 24 on, 48 off, which turned into a lot of 48s on, 24 off because I like to work overtime. That's how I made money. Amen. Not to mention all my part-time jobs I had. We all have, what, five or six at any given time. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I was that guy that bugged every chief, everybody that would listen to me saying we don't have a physical ability test to get on this fire department we're growing exponentially and the people that we are getting are not fit and we're having to take you know their work and do double work Mm -hmm. and they would put me on committees oh i'll put you on a committee rick for physical ability test i had this beautiful physical i was so excited and nothing ever happened. And then they put me on a committee for fitness equipment. All the stuff that I suggested, they didn't buy. They bought these universal, crummy piece equipment for just a couple stations. I couldn't even get anything at my station. The only, okay. the only guys that worked out were normally at my station. They wouldn't give us anything. Yeah. So I was on a mission because I never quit, mm-hmm. never stopped. And finally, I got a chief that said... You have to come to days, and I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, there is no way in hell I'm doing that. (laughs) I'm never fucking getting off days if I go. I just got promoted. Yeah. I'm getting my own engine, my own station, doing stuff my way. We're going to train. We're going to do all kinds of stuff. Got it in my head. And then he said, I will support you, and I'll give you a budget. Damn it. Now I got to go. Exactly. I'm like, you know, how hypocritical would be the guy that, but now- and another chief friend of mine told me, listen, Rick, you understand the fire chief is asking you for You don't have to go because the union protects you. But. He can't make you go today's. There's but a but. But don't you ever, ever, ever ask for any physical fitness stuff in this fire department again. Yeah. You're done. You keep your mouth shut. Yep. So he goes, you think about it. So I thought about it for a couple of days, talked to my wife. <clears throat> she doesn't want me home every night. You know that. Oh, yeah. Her break was for me to be gone. I, my wife says that all the time. Are you
0: working overtime by chance? Exactly. You're going to be gone an extra day? Oh, do you have to teach this week at the college? Because yeah. if I'm home more than three or four days, it's like, okay, honey, we've been married 23 years, but anything over 72 hours is too much. You exactly. know, I get it. I totally fucking get it.
1: So anyway, long story short, I'm like, okay, I get it. I, I got to do it. So, I mean, I was like a bull. I didn't know how to even act in headquarters. And the people didn't really... In the beginning, I don't think they liked me there because I was a shift guy and they mm-hmm. were not shift people. They treated me very well. They gave me a cubicle. Oh, they gave me they, a pad. Yeah, And they said, make the best wellness program in the nation. Okay. That's what it was. Now, what they did do, what kind of a line was, um, one of my best friends was the union president and he... He had brought back this um, wellness fitness initiative that he went to a conference and he said, well, you need to look at this one. Well, by this time I'm like, I'm tired of, you know, no, Mm-mm. I put it in my locker. Well, chief plodger, cause he came from Pat Morrison said, you can do any wellness program you want. You can do the Rick Seegers wellness program. You can do the Jack LaLanne wellness program, but maybe you should look at the wellness fitness initiative. Okay. So I'm like, wow, I better read it. So I read it. I'm like, this is a perfect blueprint. It, it really laid stuff out it wasn't i had to change some things but it gave me a, a good idea of what to do and it helped me a lot and um so you know it was off to the races so we we were pretty successful yeah actually we a lot of a lot of unfortunately even my friends the older friends were thinking that the wellness program was to take run them job out from them yeah and I had to explain to them, why would I do that? You know, I've been on the job 20 years. I'm not a spring chicken. Why would I develop something to get rid of me? It doesn't make sense. But aren't we supposed to make it better and leave it better than we found it, yes. in a
0: sense? And when you think about that statement and analyze it, isn't that kind of shedding ego and pride and saying, I'm going to give something to the next generation coming in that's going to make them better than me? And it's important. We're not looking to run people off. Think about the benefits of putting this fitness program together, okay? What it does for the individual, just like the intense amount of uh, physical screenings we have to go through every year with our just health exams Mm -hmm. or annual physicals. I mean, we've elevated to a new system over the last decade where you're getting ultrasounds, you know, intense lab work beyond what we used to get with the finger up the tush and, you know, hey, you're okay. Cough, you know, twice and you're fine. And think about the lives that were changed or saved. And how that culture evolved because of your efforts in Orange County. And then think about the national standpoint and perspective. You were reached out to by several departments across the country with regards to the um, success of the wellness program in Orange County that wanted to copy it in a sense or find aspects of it. So there had to
1: be some value to it, right? Yeah, there was a monetary value for the citizens of Orange County and for our department. I think we saved over $3 million in a short amount of time. But the, the true value was this when I started there, there was a lot of medical separations. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of people calling out sick, you know, because they were not in great condition. And there were some morale issues in the fire department, like there's in all fire departments. Mm-hmm. But what they started understanding and we started telling them. And then one thing that Chief Flogger made me do, which I did not want to do, mm-hmm. and I really did not want to do, was he said, because I had to come up with a like a PowerPoint to show him what we were going to do. Okay. And I had to deliver it to senior staff, which that's could be intimidating, right? Yeah, yeah. You got, you've got the deputies you know, and the staff, assistants. you got yeah. some... Jackass from the shift. You mean some street guy from the yeah. shift? Yeah. And um but I'm up there. I'm not you know, I'm kinda of confident guy, so it didn't really bother me. It was almost like another challenge, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I gave it and he goes, Perfect. Um change this, this, and this. That's perfect though. I said, Okay, thank you, Chief. He said, So you're gonna go to every station, all three shifts, so everybody knows what we're doing. Oh Lord, how many stations in Orange County at that point? There had to be forty probably. Across three ships? Yeah. Oh, shit. I mean, I think they got 43 now. When I left, they had 42. So maybe somewhere around there. But there's a, it was a lot. And I'm like, man, and, you know, I know my brothers and sisters are out there. Yeah. They're not going to welcome me with open arms with this because it's going to be a lot of like, oh, here we go, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was like that at some stations. But I was very surprised, you know, who, who really surprised me with the guys are getting ready to retire. And they were thanking me. This is what we need finally, thank God, you know, not everybody. I had people going, I'm not doing any of that physical fitness shit. And I'm like, okay, it's not for me. Mm -hmm. I said, look at me. I work out, I eat right. I don't call in sick. Mm -hmm. I've never had an operation. You know, all my physicals are good. I just want that to be you. And maybe not for here, but for afterlife, you know, what's the, I think, Back then, we used to say firefighters after... 10, Ten years. And now we're, we're hopefully we're... What I tell them now is my goal is that the state of Florida sends somebody to my house over the beach and accuses my wife of getting checks when I'm dead. That's what I want them to think. Yeah. That's how long I want to live. You touched on
0: something and I'm going uh, to personally, uh, sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times... Um, the concepts of extreme physical activity intimidate me because I know where I'm sitting and, and, you know, there's a multitude of factors where I am, where I am, as far as my weight and my health. And, you know, disclosure wise, I can throw a hundred different excuses at it, but the bottom line is it's because my mind is, I'm overpowering the thought of the importance of it by the fear of getting hurt, uh, doing it. And that's where I think the breakdown is for a lot of people who find themselves in that corner where they see their peers, older, younger, Mm. and they say, man, they look good. They know, you know, they're fit. They can do the job better than me. And, you know, you hear the, well, I'd rather have a big guy than a skinny guy on a call because they can run circles around the little guys who have the stamina that goes like that. You Mm. know, hey, the big guy can go through three bottles. But here's the problem. My heart's taxed. Okay. My blood pressure's up. My frame is being taxed, not just by the added weight of my body, but let's talk about the fucking gear we got to wear. Okay. We're at an extra 70 to hundred pounds, depending on how much equipment you carry. Right. And so why am I not capable of overpowering that mindset and saying, you know what? Fuck it. I'm ready. Let's do something and fix this versus caving into the fear or let's just say the complacency or the simplicity of doing things wrong versus stopping
1: those bad habits and doing it right? Everybody has a trigger. You're gonna find yours one day. I mean, <clears throat> sometimes it's a medical trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's looking at your children going, wow, children's getting older, they're probably gonna get married, I'm gonna have grandchildren, am I gonna be here for grandchildren? Um, sometimes it's, you're gonna go on a scene and you're not gonna be able to perform and everybody's gonna look at you like, oh, you're that guy. It just depends, uh, Jason, everybody's different. You know, everybody has to have the purpose to change. You know, I hear this big thing. Everybody has to have their why, you know, same thing with training. Um, when I first started training, my training was for aesthetics, mm-hmm. how I looked, how I filled out a t-shirt. Um, could I go into a club and attract a female? You know, that's, that was my why Okay, being able to bench more than anybody in the gym. Um, when you get older, you realize that that's not helping you on your job and When you're young and you're strong, like I said, the stronger you are, the harder you are to kill. You can navigate through everything. And you still are probably the premier employee because not that many people worked out back then. Sure. But age has the ability to creep up on you and slap you in the back of the head and say, you're getting paid a very good salary. You have high expectations. People think firefighters are heroes, and they are. They do her- heroic things on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to let people down. I don't want to let the pe- the guy next to me or the girl next to me or the person inside the house or the people writing my checks. I mean, I'm a prideful person. Um, so I'm driven by that. So it just depends on what your why is, what your purpose in- is. You were out there and you did everything you would do on a fire scene very well. So you're very capable. Thank you. So all you have to do is decide, do I want to do this on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, every three days a week? You know, you got to do it. You know the benefits of it. I mean, did you feel good about yourself when you yeah, I've got the endorphin rush going right now. It feels fantastic. So that, that could be the kickoff.
0: You yeah. just, just got to find something you enjoy doing. It, it's just intimidating sometimes, that's right. all, when you see your peers, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm looking at the guy who may be like me, whether they're older or younger, and you hit on a lot of key elements. It's that why. It's that trigger. And then I think about it when you were talking about who you have to consider in your life. Who are you serving? Well... When you're on the clock, you're serving them. You're serving the citizens. So for them is the answer when you're on the clock. But when you're home, you're the provider and the caregiver and the role model and the the person that uh, people need as the father and the husband. So it's a twofold process when you think about it. You want to be there for your family as much as you want to be there for the citizens that expect you to show up. And... I I am not a huge fan of the word hero in a sense. Yes, we do heroic things. I like to think about it as when people say, man, you're a hero, you do this job. Okay, slow down for a second. The concept is right, but we're ordinary people that do an extraordinary job or line of work when we're called to service. And I think that when we back up to that we have to be hero mentality sometimes it's a it's a negative aspect because we're failing to meet that challenge and we're setting those expectations falsely which is why maybe we fail in the long run with regards to making ourselves better if we can't hit this point why are we even trying and that might be someone's brick wall for whatever reason but you're absolutely right we're a service built on heroic measures heroic acts um I think that the, the long-term aspect, though, is we need to find better ways to introduce the concept of health and wellness into the fire service. Not saying we're not doing a good
1: job, but I think we could do better. Yeah, what is it? I can't remember what Einstein said, but it's something about if you do the same thing every time. Oh, it's insanity. Expecting it to change. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's truly the way it is. I mean, fire department wellness programs are set up to fail. Okay. Because fire department wellness programs are usually set up by people like me mm-hmm. or somebody that's a, a big CrossFit person or somebody that's a big bodybuilder person, and and they want to build the program around what they do. In fact, I told you that story about my friend who, uh, when I was going to buy the equipment for the fire department, yeah. he asked me how many people work out like you and Mike Kelly. And at the time, probably five or six other people trained heavy. We trained in a, a gym called Orange Avenue Gym, which was full of power lifters and and bodybuilders. I mean, it was built on just lifting heavy stuff, eating all the time, and not moving any more than you had to because you didn't want to lose an ounce of weight. So you were Jason Wheat Big. No, I'd never be Jason Wheat Big. (laughs) Jason Wheat is superhero big. I love that guy. I mean, right through I mean, the wall. I'm five foot eight. The heaviest I've ever got was two twenty. I think Jason's lunch is two twenty. So no. is that what he eats every day? Yeah, 220 two hundred twenty pounds. About two hundred twenty pounds of people. Two I million calories. When he works with us, I don't get too close to him because you know I'm, I'm a snack for him. <laughs> You're lightweight. But you were saying, I, I sorry. Go but, ahead. but in my time, there wasn't people like Jason Wheat, so I you know I, yeah. I did okay. Um, well, you were able to wear the tight shirts exactly. You know, so. You can't expect to do the same, if, if your wellness program isn't providing a benefit for your people. Mm-hmm. Say you bought a bunch of equipment, you bought a bunch of barbells and you bought, and I ne- never understand why we buy jump boxes at the fire department. Okay, I never understand jump boxes, that. okay. Because I always look at what we should be doing is what we're doing. Yeah. So I can never, out of 35 years, I never jumped. No. On a box. no, never, never had to jump up onto a platform. And as a safety and, and wellness guy, it's a nightmare piece of equipment because they always seem to put them by the dumbbells. Oh, so, yeah. So why, why do we keep expecting people to do what we like to do when we know they don't like to do that, but we want to get them to a certain physicality? It, doesn't, it does not make, it used to make sense to me because I was like, oh. Get them a vector machine, get them some dumbbells, get them some cart, get them some um, treadmills. We can walk all day long any way we want to do it. Yeah. You know, if you have enough trainers to train people how to do Olympic lifting, God bless you. Olympic lifting is a great thing to do. It will definitely translate into the fire scene. Mm-hmm. But I don't know any fire department, and even Orange County, who I think I had 40 trainers at the time, peer fitness trainers that were certified peer fitness trainers. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't teach everybody how to do. We, the Fit Pit had um, Tom Hill, who was a CrossFit coach, who was doing the best he could. But double only, I call him Tommy. <laughs> Little Tommy. Little Tommy Hill.
0: Like I said, I knew Bull when he was a calf. That, that, I was going to say, because I had that written down, like, you remember Bull when he was a calf? <laughs> um, but we're proud of him. Amen.
1: But um, I lost.
0: No, it's okay. You were talking about the expectations of you can't reach everybody right. with one particular form of exactly. exercise. So I guess the greater concept is where do we begin with health and wellness? Do we start with how
1: to educate people on how to eat properly, first and foremost? That's the, worst, that's the hardest thing to do. Okay. In our uh, profession, no doubt. It's the hardest thing to do because if you'll notice, there are like 14,000 different diets out there. Oh, yeah. Um, there's keto. There's, um, you know, the 30. There's, I don't even know all of them. You know, uh, somebody told me something one time that stuck with me and it said, eat a rainbow often and more legs less. Okay. Do you know what that means? No, I don't. Okay. It means eat as many vegetables as you can. And for instance, a cow has four legs, a chicken has two. So you would rather eat the chicken than the cow. Gotcha. A fish has none. Yes. So you'd rather have the fish than that. Okay. And I think if you do that and you keep it simplistic, that's the best way to do it. And I've been on, I used to body both, so I've been on some of the craziest diets you can do. But what they are is, you know, their depletion and eating temporarily that's what diet means to me yeah i'm only going to do this till i get to a goal and once i get down to my body building weight and my contest is over i'm eating donuts whatever everything you want. i, I wanted to do and so let's break that down i I've, I've talked to
0: people over the last several years young and old experienced healthy-minded and everybody brings a different thought process to the table like there are those that say Calorie count, first and foremost. If you keep your caloric intake down, you can manage your weight or lose weight. Then there are those that say, put your body in ketoacidosis because, by the way, that's going to burn all the the glycol or the the sugar in your body, right? Which will then translate into not having fat stores, correct? But then you have the paleo guys and
1: you have the vegans and you have this. And it's like, I don't know where the hell to start. But they all work. They all work, but they all work. For whatever amount of time you can do that, because mm-hmm. normal people, you know, unless you're Jason Wheat, you know, like there's mic there's macros, you know, and he's great at that and mm-hmm. he can set people up on some great stuff, but they they're only as good as how long you do them. So like I said, usually people do every all those for a, a, a goal and you'll notice, and then they go, When I when I get down to 180 pounds, I'm gonna do this. And they quit doing keto. Because keto's hard. Oh god, yes. Um Now, the big thing is intermittent fasting. Oh, yeah. I forgot about intermittent fasting. Yes, that was another recommendation. You know, I like to try everything. And my wife is the first one to say, quit doing all that stuff. You know, you've been doing the same thing for your whole life. And it seems to work. Um, So leave that. But I'm I'm big into that. Let me try the intermittent fasting. I'll go till 9 o'clock. And then I want to kill somebody because I'm... Well, you're hungry. From... The bodybuilding days, we were taught you eat every few hours because you know you don't want to put your body into starvation. I mean sure there's all these different theories. Calorie counting works. Yeah. How could it not work? Well if, you're lowering if, your intake. Yeah, if you're using, if you're used to eating five thousand calories and you only eat three thousand calories, of course you're gonna lose weight. And it didn't matter what you ate as long as you met the caloric intake
0: for the day. depending on the diet, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there were guys I knew that were doing it that were eating double cheeseburgers. Right. My fatal flaw, okay? But they were eating one, and that would count as X amount of calories. And even if they hit that threshold by lunch, oh, shit, I can't eat anything else unless I go really low intake. You know, I mean, it could be scary when you do
1: that, but it was what they did. I mean, the easiest thing is understanding if I eat, a pro a, a small portion of protein mm-hmm. and a large amount of vegetables i'm gonna lose weight no matter what what i used to do is like i would just cut car i just cut carbs out like i'd say okay because you know what carbs are energy in mm-hmm. my mind mm-hmm. and i may be wrong uh, protein to me was always for building for muscle muscle yeah carbs were always for energy sure but it depends on the type of carb, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, different carbs do do, do better or worse things. There's mm-hmm. simple carbs. There's complex carbs. Complex carbs takes longer to to break down, so mm-hmm. they're the better ones for for what you eat. But if what I used to do is, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to count my carbs at night. Okay. What, what do I need if I'm not on shift? What do I need carbs at night for? Well, you I'm don't just need energy. Eat and go to sleep. Yeah. And you'd be amazed at what that does. Just doing that, and then when you get that. See, what everybody needs is a little bit of encouragement from their body. Okay. Saying, okay, you've done something that works, and that makes you hungry to do more. For instance, you know, some people start by exercising, and they're, like, getting great results, but they're not getting all the results they are. So then they come back, and they go, okay, Rick, the workouts are working pretty good. Mm-hmm. Look, look, look what I did. I go, that's amazing. But now I want more. What can I do? Yeah. What are you eating every day? I'm eating this, this, and this. Oh, cut out the mayonnaise. Cut out the soda. Okay. Now I lost like eight pounds doing that, but I want more. Okay, let's cut out some white bread, do this and I mean, there's every way you can think of to tweak somebody to make sure they get what they want to get, but they've got to want it. I remember Stu Smith, I think his name was a Navy SEAL. And he was talking at a conference I went to and he said, "A, a person that you have to motivate isn't worth motivating. I got pissed. I'm like, wait a minute. That's what I do. That's you should do that. But I understand what he meant. Like, if you're a firefighter, I shouldn't have to motivate you to work out. The higher purpose should motivate you. Yeah, I shouldn't have to motivate you to feed your body correctly. The higher purpose should motivate you. Living, that's the higher purpose, and enjoying your life. And people say, eh, well, you could get hit by a bus." Guess what? I'm. I love. I mean. Everything's good for me. I'm healthy. I'm 60. I mean, I don't want to jinx myself because I'm superstitious, but nothing for all these years. It isn't. There's no, it's not some magic. It's I've been following. uh, I don't eat perfectly all the time. I love French fries. Oh, Lord. You know, I cut out sugar like two years ago because, you? you know. And it's hard because I love Girl Scout cookies and I love Cadbury mini eggs. and. Oh. But you get through one year, you get through two years, and now it's like, eh, I don't even want that stuff anymore.
0: You know, it's crazy how addicting sugar alone oh. is. And and sweet tea is my bugaboo. But one thing I've realized, and, and this is held true, but there's a caveat here, is drinking more water. Mm-hmm. Now, drinking more water or just water is great, but... You don't have to just drink water alone. I mean, there are days where you can mix it with things. You know, like I, I mix Crystal Light with my I water. I love Crystal Light. You know, and it's great. And that's what motivates me to drink a lot of water. Um, there are days I'm still going to drink sweet tea. I don't drink soda as much unless mm-hmm. it's mixed with something, and that's just my preference. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the bottom line is... When I was drinking straight water, and there were uh, there was a period of my time, it was 2014-ish, where I went through a, a, a kick, like, I need to get back into shape. And I really did. I lost like 30 pounds that year. It was fantastic. And it a lot was diet. A lot was water consumption. A lot was consistency. And a lot of it was just getting off the fucking recliner and saying, I'm going to go
1: walk. Yep, just walking. You know? uh, I, I heard this guy say that every... After every meal, he walks 30 minutes. So he helps digest it faster, probably. He said, no matter if I'm home, no matter if I'm in a restaurant, he goes, I'll park, I'll go to a nice restaurant where it's a nice place. And I'm like, what a great idea. Mm -hmm. You know, just walking, you know, that's all something people, you just need to do something. You don't have to, you don't have to do hardcore stuff all the time. And there's the other stigma. If I'm not performing at the
0: level of my peers who are in shape, then why bother?
1: This was hard for me to understand for many years, because like I said, in the beginning of my career and throughout my career, I was known as the, as a fit person and a strong person. Um, and I thought everybody should be like me or better. Actually, I didn't want anybody to be better, but at least like me because that's how we are programmed engineered to Mm -hmm. think, you know, everybody should be like you because you think you're perfect and you're not. Um, But what I learned throughout the years, and then developing a physical ability test for the fire departments, is that I worked with a vast majority of people that were not fitness people in the beginning of my career, because that's not what the fire department was made up of. They were made up of, like, I was an iron worker, we had electricians on my crew, we had carpenters, we just had workers. And they worked their ass off at every fire. And guess what? Every fire went out. Every person got saved, and they weren't fitness people. They were just hardworking people. Mm-hmm. So what I've learned is, don't expect people to be superheroes. They don't have to be heroes. There is, they have to do whatever they we have to do on the fire scene. Um, we work as a team, as a group. You know, nobody's going to pick up a car by themselves. Nope. Are going to extricate somebody by themselves are going to work a fire scene by themselves, you know, but you don't want to be the weak link. The one that everybody, you want to be the light. You don't want to be the liability. You want to be the asset. So you have to do just enough to do what we do, which is all hard. Yeah. Everything we do is hard, laborious stuff. So you got to be able to do that. And whether you do that through fitness, through diet, through boxing, through karate, However you have to do it, you just got to get there. Because if you're not doing it, you're really shortchanging yourself and the people that you serve. Mm -hmm. Which most firefighters can't sleep at night if they don't think they can do that.
0: That's true. What Um, about the
1: physiological aspects, the benefits there
0: for your health and wellness, your mindset? I
1: I think if you probably, probably Google searched or whatever the term is now, Anything that is causing us to die or be uncomfortable, one of the first things they're going to su- suggest is diet and exercise because that is the root of everything we do. Absolutely. Whether you like it or not, and I don't care who's listening to this podcast, they all want to be fit. Yep. Everybody does. Nobody is sitting there going, oh. they might say, oh, I don't give it They do. Everybody wants to be physically fit. They don't have to be Jason Wheat. They don't have to be. I don't know, think anybody could be Jason Wheat. Only John Cena. John Cena is the closest thing to Jason Ronald. Arnold in his peak. Arnold was the man. Just saying. He still is. Arnold in his peak, probably. Yeah. yeah, he might. He might stand up to Jason. I don't know. Um, but you know, you, you just you, you just have to be able to do the job is is the bottom line, and however you have to get there. If your fire department isn't getting there through traditional trying to exercise, if you've got. Uh, you know, a mentality where they've got to lift telephone poles and all that stuff, you know, that stuff is really, if you're injuring more firefighters than you're helping, then you're doing it for your own self. Well, let's, let's close on this. Let's
0: talk about the departments out there that buy equipment in bulk, and it's not the right equipment necessarily. And the, the firefighters that see the cool workout on the video and they go out and I'm not saying tire flipping's bad cuz everybody has a purpose for that or using a sledgehammer for that purpose on top of the tire, you know, functional workout, things like that comparative to what we do. But, you know, another thing is when you make these investments in equipment, what are you trying to accomplish? And then of course, you touched on it earlier, you can teach only so many people one way of doing things. The majority is not going to identify with what's sitting in front of them. Why and how can we protect departments, or what advice can you give departments that are looking to get into the fit and wellness business?
1: Well, first of all, you you got to figure out what your purpose is. If your purpose is to protect people, then you can't give them stuff that's going to injure them. Okay. Um, if your purpose is to make your firefighters firefighter fit or fit for duty, then you've got to think outside the box, and you can't you, you got to do something different than people are doing. And of course I'm fire sled bias. I can't help it, but I've seen it. I've seen it work. You, you It's, it's funny. And I did it because I designed all the wellness rooms in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Once I became the wellness coordinator, I designed the Fit Pit. Um, I have no background in that. I was just a gym rat and, you know, I know the flow and what should happen. And, what's going to be dangerous and what's not going to be dangerous. For instance, I'll put the plyo boxes next to the dumbbells. You know, sure. there's a place for those. Sure. Um, but we, it's funny, we'll hire professionals to design the fire station. Do they ever come out to you and go, Hey Jason, we're going to build a new fire station. You want to design it for us? No, they don't ask us no, our opinion. They, they go to an engineer and they get an engineer to build it. Yeah. But who sets up the workout areas? we do don't we yeah they just pick some firefighter like me and say and sometimes it works but i can tell you after (laughs) getting into this business Mm -hmm. and traveling to different states and visiting different people we all have the same exact problem we have a room full of stuff that most people don't use and people bring their stuff they don't use from home and they pile in that so next thing you know you have a a room that's dysfunctional and untidy and nobody wants to go in. And then it becomes the obstacle. The obstacle. Instead of the productivity
0: that, or the the model of productivity that we were looking for. Well, Rick, you know, again, I've been pushing this past 30 minutes, uh, especially the last several podcasts, and this is no exception. And and it's an important message to share in the fact that we're not a one-size-fits-all industry in all aspects, but we do have good training good equipment good people like you out there that are trying to make our lives better for the long run and I gotta tell you I was really impressed with getting to work out with your equipment today and I gotta thank you for giving me that opportunity and so that being said you guys travel all over the country you guys are everywhere but tell people how they can find you Facebook
1: Instagram and website we have a Facebook page which is Firesled F-I-R-E-S-L-E-D all capitals We have Instagram, that's Firesled Fitness, and we have a YouTube channel, Firesled Fitness. We also have a website, FiresledFitness.com. So
0: take a moment, check them out, guys. Remember, each of these pieces, they're just individual tools, all right? So take a look, see what you can find, and don't forget, today could be the day that you can make a change in your life. So take that opportunity and do so. As always, God bless. Keep your head on a swivel. Look out for each other. We'll see you on another episode of the Can-Man Radio Show soon to come. You just survived 30 minutes of online training with the Can-Man Radio Show. Did you remember to train your probie today? The Can-Man knows. He knows everything. When that 2 a.m. lift assist drops, the Can-Man will be thinking of you in his dreams.